ready for a brand new episode of Terribly Funny. I hope it's you, because if it's not, you are clicking off as we speak. But if it is you, great, because uh, here it is, hot off the presses, brand new episode, Terribly Funny. Hey, gang, how are you? Uh, it's me, your buddy, your pal, your friend, your zany neighbor, Steve Bazalone. Um, And of course, this is the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. You see where the idea came from. You see where the name came from. I'm not a smart person. I'll tell you who is smart, though. Today's guest, uh, a wonderful guest, uh, one of the smartest, sweetest, kindest people that I've had the pleasure of working with. It's Mr. Danny Pudi. Oh, boy. What can I tell you about Danny? Um, He's been in many things. He's got a new show on, on NBC called Powerless. It's DC's first foray into comedy. You should definitely check it out. It's very interesting. But you probably know him as half of uh, Troy and Abed in the morning, uh, Abed Nadir, from uh, a show I worked on and where I first met him, Community. And man, oh man, this kid um, in a cast that was always very sharp and always very funny. Uh, he was uh, always one of, if not the, one of the sharpest and funniest people in the room. Just a very talented, sweet kid and also could hold his own rapping uh, with a genuine bona fide, you know, rap star. Uh, in Childish Gambino and Donald Glover. So he's just a wildly talented kid and always just the sweetest. Um, So he's going to talk to us today about some very fun stuff. You know, like what it's like to uh, journey home to where your parents are from and realize, oh, I'm different. Um, He'll do a much better job of articulating that than I did, of course. But uh, I think it's a pertinent conversation to uh, listen to, uh, given what's happening socially and politically right now. Um, So, yeah, we're going to get on that in one second. But before we do... Here comes my uh, my uh, my me uh, my dog and pony show saying, "Hey, do you like the show? I hope so. If you do, go to our iTunes page, leave us a comment, leave us a review, give us a rating. That helps us out. Also, check us out on our social medias. Uh, we're on Instagram, terribly funny podcast. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, terribly underscore funny. And if you have anything to say, it doesn't even have to be all that nice. You can drop me a line. I like feedback." You can reach out to us via email. It's terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail. And there you go. That was quick and painless, right? Anyhow, now that that's done, let's get to the meat and the potatoes. Uh, Mr. Danny Pudi. Here we go, gang. Brand new episode of Terribly Cunt. Terribly Cummy? Oof, that's a different show. Don't check out that podcast unless you're in a real interesting headspace. Uh, that aside, here it is. <laughs> Terribly Funny. Are you running now? I'm gonna run after this. Where do you go to run? Uh, I don't know yet. I was gonna see if it was still raining. If it wasn't gonna, if it's not raining, I'm gonna go on the trails by the Rose Bowl. Oh, that's very nice. It's really nice. Uh, but if it's raining and muddy, I will just go to the gym. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Are you still running a lot with County? You guys did a short together, didn't you? We did. We did a short, and we did a marathon about a year ago. Did we tell you about that? The Portland Marathon? I don't think so. I think last time oh, I okay. remember you guys doing Vegas like half marathons. Yeah, we did the Vegas a half, ago. and then we did the Portland Full, which was hard. Oh, my God. It was just like... It's a little hilly there. It's super hilly. There's a giant bridge, and basically for like at least four to five miles, you're holding in diarrhea, just because... <laughs> That's great. You know. <laughs> well, it's just, that's a prerequisite, right? <laughs> like mile six, like here it comes. Can you hold it? Yeah, can you, you hold to. it? Yeah, you got it. Oh Jesus Christ! If you can hold it, you win. Yeah, well, it's 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 about the test of endurance and strength of sphincter. <laughs> That's the that are all the best marathons. Are. <laughs> yeah, so you're basically doing like male kegels. Uh, yeah. the whole time. Um, I did one marathon. That's not entirely true. I ran a marathon length once. Oh, nice! <laughs> while training for a marathon, I was gonna do the Honolulu marathon. Oh, cool! But then I got too sick with exactly that thing with <sighs> the shitting. Yeah. So like I couldn't do it. So yeah. I ended up in the hospital when it happened. But uh, oh, yeah, man, that's when you're like holding in the stuff and running a lot of jostling because there's like such a thing because I have this thing <laughs> called colitis but there's like a runner's version of it okay. that just comes from like just fucking jostling your guts around for four hours and then like what are you doing man <laughs> what are you doing to us we're yeah. still sitting relatively still yeah yeah um, yeah so but it, yeah we're um, I got, we're looking for our next race this year maybe Chicago Marathon we'll oh say. that's fun yeah yeah. Uh, that'd be great. Go home. I know. Go home. That was the first marathon I did, actually, with my wife, Bridget. We did a marathon back in 2004, maybe? Jesus. I know. You guys. 
I know. Did you know that you were both into running when you got, or did you get into running together? We kind of got into it again. I mean, I, I ran like track in high school and right. I, I ran through, I just kept running in college. You have a runner's body. Yeah. I, I you're, like, you're long and spindly. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like ropey. I'm not uh-huh. really good at contact sports. That's fine. Yeah. It's, you don't know who needs that. Uh, not me. Yeah. <laughs> Played football for like two weeks. I broke my collarbone and I was like, yeah, I'm better on the sidelines. Yeah, I didn't even try that. I just swam and then like that was it. I got into theater. Water is great. Water. Yeah. Great. Water and, and stages are really great from bodies like yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. I think I hurt myself on stage a couple of times, probably. <laughs> oh, I definitely I'm just did. A delicate definitely. person in general. I've shit my pants behind uh, on stage. No, right before going on stage once. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I somehow, even though I've shit myself many, yeah. many, many times, yeah. I've never done it on stage. Uh, I didn't do it on stage. I did but it like before. right before. Right, which is almost as stressful. It was worse because and you ha- you couldn't miss your entrance. Yeah. So I had to just quickly clean up and go out there. And, oh, boy. And with one sock, because one of the socks got a little bit... Oh, wow. It was a whole situation. It was, like, kind of messy. Yeah, but... Oof. Was this just nerves, or were you sick? Nerves. Wow. Yeah, it was a little nerves. I wasn't sick. Uh, it was nerves, and um, I just I misjudged the whole situation. <laughs> I just misjudged. <laughs> say so. No, this is not a bathroom. Nerves, timing, yeah. Yeah. judgment... Sometimes I overestimate my abilities, and I think that was the case of that. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know, though. That's a good way to learn. That's a trial by fire situation. Can I make it through the situation without shitting myself? I cannot. Okay, good to know. Nope. Nope. No more live theater for me. No. Uh, uh, so, seamless transition. Tell me yeah. some terrible stuff, bro. Uh... Here's a confusing story. Oh, I remember. That's always a great precursor. Yeah, this is a <laughs> this is like an, an identity weird identity story. Um, this is the the first time I went to Poland. Um, so my family's Polish, yep, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we couldn't go to Poland when I was very little because uh, it was a communist country at sure. the time. You were born and raised in Chicago, and I was born and raised in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. and um, the first time we actually went to Poland. Um, the um, we were visiting a small town where my family lived, and um, I don't look particularly Polish. Right, we talked about. It's uh, mostly uh, Polish is mostly like uh, air, very pretty Aryan looking. Yeah, yeah. Aryan, fair skin. Yeah, uh, light eyes. Yeah, yeah, light eyes. They're gorgeous people. They look yeah. good. They look yeah. good. Um, and um, we were on on a bus. And at the time, because, I think because of the, the communist government, and it, you know, it was closed off. They hadn't seen a lot of people that looked like me. Sure. sure. You were you were like you were uh, um, tourist for them. <laughs> like, well, let's look. Take a look at this guy. It was the easiest. Where's Waldo? Right. Uh, he would ever mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. you. Know? Um, and so we were on a bus and, um, I remember seeing a couple of these sort of like skinhead dudes mm. and, um, How old are you? I was probably, um, oof. 10? Okay. Nine? So old enough to have an understand, a little bit of an understanding of the world. A little bit, and yeah. That, that feels weird yes. to be, yeah. being, you know, stared at. Totally. Yeah. Um, I was still, you know, small enough to, um... I guess young enough and I naive enough to not really understand what was happening. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, you know, until halfway through, I realized those people are looking at me because, because of something, uh, not because my fly is open right. or you know, yeah, uh, it was. It's nine, nine, it when you're nine years old. That's your biggest concern. <laughs> yeah, my fly open. Um, and um, one of the guys started yelling like "Go back, go back, go back" uh, to us in Polish. Um, and it was basically he was saying them, which means like go back. Um, and so that was like really like scary for me. Sure. Kind of terrible. You uh, with your parents? I was with my uncle at the time, okay. uh, who lives in Poland, and um, it was pretty scary. Um, and you know, we were fine. We were totally fine. We got off the bus, but it was kind of one of the first times that I'd visibly been sh- like like I was I guess shaken. Right. I was visibly, I was like pretty scared. Um, and confused. He also mumbled something about my ethnicity that I know that was inaccurate. So I think he thought I was black. Right. Um, which was, I remember that like being like, I have to, I want to like, I wanted to tell to tell him that. Right. I'm actually. You're wrong about your. Yeah. Race. You're, <laughs> you're like you're. you're I guess you're, ra- you're, you're right to be racist because you're yeah. achieving that, but you're wrong about what you think. And I, you know, it was also like I wanted. There was like I remember those thoughts of like, okay, spoke about them. So I was like, okay, you want me to go back? Sorry, um, but I'm actually from here. I want to be like, yeah, my half my family is from here. 
Uh, and also, like, I'm, you know, um, you know, I'm Indian. I wanted to be like, hey, let's, I want to break it down for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, which is a pretty great country, you know, and, you know, we have a lot of great things there. Very beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to talk to you about that, but <laughs> I don't think he wanted to really talk to, to he me. He wasn't a talker? He wasn't really a he was talker. more of a shouter? He was more of a... Yeah, it was more of like it wasn't even like shouting. It was more it was more intense than that. It was that sort of under your breath staring, which is way scarier than it really like, is than shouting. I I don't mind when people yell at me. I actually like that. Well, then you yeah. like you're putting all your cards on the table. Yeah, I the, get the it. Under under the surface simmering, like oh, yeah. you you might be real dangerous. Yeah, there's there's room to grow yeah. under the under the surface mumbles. Like and you're already menacing. They're not done yet. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they're yeah. not done yet. With the yelling, that's kind of the that's you peaked. Yeah, you know. You know? Yeah. Um. So it's interesting to me, you know, but I think at that age, it was like, you know, I guess I've always been aware of sort of like uh, being different and looking mm-hmm. different and feeling different. Even seeing in Chicago, you felt that way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, were you like up in John Hughes country or were you like in the in? No, in we the grew city? up in the city. In we the grew city. up in the city. But like our, our neighborhood was very immigrant um, growing up. It was like, and it was primarily Polish and uh, like Mexican-Americans. Right. And so I think that it was like a little bit of like. I think on the outside, people may have thought I was Mexican. Right. Uh, but then, you know, I don't speak Spanish. Sure. Um, and, you know, in the you know in the Polish circles I ran, you know, the delis and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. they were just kind of confused because they'd never seen somebody like me. So, me and my brother and my sister. So, I think it was, like, always aware that I didn't totally fit in with everybody else. Right. You know, the look. Uh, but we were very protected and shielded from it by our family. My mom and my grandparents, and, and it's such a good job of being like, well, whatever, you know, they're, people are going to stare at you no matter what. Just let's. Well, this also must like, be something they're relatively accustomed to, right? Yeah. Because if that's like that level of like weird and antiquated Polish nationalism was yeah. existing, you know, yeah. when you were ten, yeah, imagine when they were kids. Totally, and I think that they were just aware of like that. Um, I think that. Um, I, I guess every, you know, in certain, when people come over and they immigrate, they're sort of used to, like my mom and my family, all, all immigrants, they're get, used to getting stared at or whatever, right. feeling right. different or out of place or whatever that is. And so I think there was a little bit of like, well, this is just how it is when you're not from a place. You right. move to another place and sometimes people are suspicious of you and, you know, and it's weird. Um, so that was like, we, I don't know, we never really like, it, it was never treated as something that was like super... Right, strange or outrageous. It was just kind of like you know. Sometimes that people do that. You know, was it was it something they articulated though? Something they talked about? Was it or was like your this journey into Poland when you were ten, like the first time that you actually like had an understanding of that? Uh, no, it was never articulated. It mm. was just kind of like, yeah, there was no time for that. Right. <laughs> it just kind of happened, and then we moved yeah. on. You know, and and here I guess it was. My mom is very you know very pale, uh, very fair skinned, and so I think that. We're, we're always used to people looking at us right. in that in that way, you know, as kids, you know. Um, and you sort of just kind of just get used to it, you know. Um, it's, I guess it's just, it's, that that just became sort of normal. Uh, it was just never, we're, we're definitely never used to it being vocalized in any, right. any way. Like, you know, that's that's still kind of unusual. Um, and I'm lucky, that's that's really never happened to me. Right. I, but I just remember it so vividly because it was I was a kid and just me being like reminded that like oh some people are really um some people like struggle with 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 uh with differences things that are different. <laughs> with things that are different some and people don't like feeling uncomfortable yeah and at that time i remember too it was like we were probably i would say the first people i would say i was probably the first like brown kid that mm-hmm. if not uh, that this person has ever seen um, this close up, right. you know. I mean, it was a, it's a small town. We were in a small town in rural, very rural Poland, um, right after the Berlin Wall came down. And yeah. at that time, there just there was no diversity. Um, so I, I, I don't like I, I. People should be staring. <laughs> it was a very unusual thing. I was walking around like an alien in this place, uh, and I mean, I was staring at them too because I was like, I've never been around, right? Been around that kind of environment, you know. Uh, I'm used to coming from Chicago, you know, and like, you know, which is not a small, which place. is no, yeah, far yeah. from it. And so uh, it was just kind of interesting staring at people and then staring at, and so I, I, I felt like I was like a test project. Like, I was going yeah. in there to, like... But isn't that also you know, interesting And in that's, like, I don't know, I guess pretty pervasive now. It's a lot of things we're dealing with now. But, like, the, these, like, skinheads in small-town Poland yeah. who had never experienced anybody like you 
were able to how how do you form opinions and how do you like even garner like any level of fear or resentment about somebody that you've literally never experienced before? Yeah, I think it's I don't know I don't know what it is I don't I, that that's that's interesting to me. I think one of the things that I I do find in is interesting is that like I think language and shared cultural right. stuff helps a lot and so um, because I've been to Poland multiple times since then every time I go back and right. I I've never had any issues and people mm. are it's mostly curiosity if right. any if anything now uh, and it, it's Poland's changed greatly since then um, and it's mostly people are just curious like how do you speak Polish or how right. are you Polish it's right, just, right. just like because clearly I don't fit the mold of what people have seen, you know? Right. And so that it's more of just like, how did, how did you come to be? That's, that's the question. And I think he, the, that man had the same question as mine. He just had a few too many beers <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, who knows what, but I think once you start communicating with people and really start being like, you know, I love Bosch just, just as much normalizing as you do. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. I love Bosch just as much as you do. I'm from here. My mom was born here. Um, you know, uh, on Christmas Eve, I have, um, you know, pierogi, just like you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also say it the fancy way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't say pierogies. That's what I say. I say mm-hmm. pierogi. Mm-hmm. And once I say pierogi, then people are like, ah, he's all right. All right. You know, yeah. you're one of us. You're yeah. one of us. Um, I think it's just fear. People get scared when they see different stuff, and they yeah. think that it's like I don't know. I guess the unknown, and then once it's yeah. once there's communication, and once you can normalize it in any way, it just kind of lessens yeah. it. Yeah. But like, because I feel like I'm not immune from you know stereotyping in whatever way, because I think it's like to a certain degree, like certain level of human nature. Like I, in this neighborhood, there's like a lot of Hasidim, yeah. and like my, <laughs> I just like when I'm like driving behind like what is clearly a family have seen them in minivans yeah. and they're like just kind of driving slow uh-huh. that's like the stereotype I have I'm like ugh <laughs> just like you know don't drive in the middle of the street which is like a dumb thing to do but it's like also like that's something that I've learned I've seen yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a tiny little thing that doesn't really bother me but it's also like okay that's a thing I've experienced as opposed to forming opinions about people that you've never even encountered before yeah you know what I mean yeah or it's like kids like ugh you're gonna be you're gonna piss in that pool yeah I mean you know things that you actually experience as opposed to like developing such discomfort and Resentment towards something you've never even encountered, and I think we all like. There's like a tendency. I think we all want shortcuts. We all want shortcuts sure. in in life, and I think we all want sort of secret ways to help us navigate everything. You right. know, and so I think that is. It's like a. There's a tendency to sort of be like, oh, okay, great. I can group this together. I can group that together. Mm-hmm. I can group this together. Um, so I I totally get that. You know, um, it's just it's like, but I'll most of that stuff you work out in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, people work it out in their minds. Sometimes it's frightening when you hear people actually vocalizing, it? Yeah, yeah, verbalizing it. Was there a thing? Yeah. Did your uncle like afterwards? Did he like give you any sort of like, don't worry about that, or was there? Is just kind of like, no, let's just puzzle on. I think it was just like a sort of like, let's just kind of, let's let's get to our place, stay close, kind of right. thing. Let's just get out of this situation, kind of thing. Right. Um, or you know, people don't know what they're talking about, something like that. Um, you know, I'm lucky. I, I, I felt very safe with my family. They did a really good job of being like, don't worry about what other people say. Right. Um, we did. I don't. We never really communicated a, about why people said these things. Mm. That to me, I was always left sort of figuring out like why like people do say things or you know that kind of thing. Right. Um, I don't know. As a kid, I sort of like just remember a few moments like that where. There's like another moment I remember as a kid where roughly around the same time seeing adults do stuff that I wasn't sure was right. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of those moments where I was like, that's like an old, old adult. Like they should like that. They should know better. Right. Or it yeah. felt like it felt like I don't think they're doing that's right. I don't think they're doing right. But I didn't totally get what was going on. Right. It was like kind of like that age where you're like, I don't really understand. Like. Uh, being made uncomfortable by by an adult uh, was I was in use I was not used to that experience I was used to making adults uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> but make them making me feel uncomfortable I was an altar boy there's another random tangent but I was an altar boy once I was an altar boy for a while mm-hmm. but like there was a mass where I remember a priest had to be like escorted off the altar and uh, that's not normal that's no, not usual no yeah. it was unusual and I like I 
thought it, and like I didn't realize it because I was young but my brother later told me I think because he was like like hungover still or like drunk uh, the priest yeah. um, and um, that tracks for most priests yeah. <laughs> I was like oh okay like as and I got that, older I was there's like there's also sure, another stereotype that makes yeah. sense meanwhile in my head the whole time I was just like I, I, someone's got to finish this mass is it mm-hmm. me am I getting up there at the altar <laughs> is this my chance is this, is this am I getting called up to the big this, show yeah here it is yeah. you know <laughs> Um, but that was like in the, those, there are those experiences where I had a few of those where you know I was like oh okay adults can make mistakes too right that to me was like so interesting to see because I, I was just used to being the one who was making mistakes because I got caught stealing or yeah. you know or getting in trouble at school and, you know I was I was not the best student so like yeah it was interesting for me to, to see that like oh okay adults can make mistakes too I don't know if that was good or bad for me but oh, this is an interesting thing like because I don't know entirely the way you're raised but I was raised with like you know like respect adults yeah so like that was like ingrained and then when you get to a certain point of like recognizing like, oh, they're just grown up versions of me. Yeah. And they're they're yeah. like this guy over here is a lot who's like maybe a little bit of an idiot is a lot like my friend who's a little bit of an idiot who's just like 15 years older. Yeah. yeah. And it's like an interesting, like a humbling, like, oh, like you are just as valuable and trying to figure it out as much as mm-hmm. your more life experience, but you're not immune to being a dum-dum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. It takes a while though. I think that like you're... And I think the way I grew up, I was so fearful of adults, mm-hmm. um, authority figures. I was brought right. to really like uh, I was brought up in in our family to really respect and listen to authority figures. We were definitely like it takes a village sort of right. kind of you know growing up. Um, and I had a lot of people who did like raise me, which is like good. Right. You know, right. I needed it. Um, but I don't know, just to see someone, just to see someone say something. Like that, it just that really like I remember being like just that still I, I it affected me in a way and it didn't really like it confused me I think that like was that was one of my earliest moments of confusion <laughs> I just remember that right. yeah. well it's also I think it's interesting because like you're looking at somebody if like but if if I did that I would be admonished yeah I would yeah. be like punished how yeah. is like that okay when yeah. you're I I know better that to than to do that shouldn't yeah. they yeah yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was... I guess that's a terrible thing. <laughs> well, that's interesting, but, like, you so... Uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like uh, this is something I've talked about before, but, like, the f- sense of um, not n- entirely knowing where to uh, exist. Yeah. And, and, like, just from my perspective of, like, I wasn't, like, super athletic. I wasn't doing the, the contact sports. Mm-hmm. I was, like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, uh, I was, like, it was definitely, like, awkward until, like, sophomore year of, of high school. Like, up until then, I was, like, a little bit chubby. Yeah. Always had a bad haircut. Yeah. <laughs> like, usually had some sort of dirt stash. Happening. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, like, I think based on those things, I feel yeah. like not knowing where it exists, like, that's how, like, and also just, like, my yeah. influences, my parents, but, like, that's how, like, be, learn to become funny. Yeah. Like, okay, I can't do these other things. Yeah. Is that, like, is that, like, a little bit, like, your road into, because you're, like, a wildly charming, funny person. Like, is that where that came from? Well, thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, I think, yeah, in many ways, I didn't know where to exist. I wasn't great at, I feel like I've never been great at anything. Right. But, I, and so, I, I, but I've been given chances to try a lot of different things. Right. You know, and I took advantage of those, and I always... I think that, like, in many ways, my mom always believed in me. She's like, just, you know, try it. And so, like, yeah, for instance, I played football for a week, broke my collarbone, and realized, what was I doing? That's real fast. What was that? It was, like, a weekend. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, this is what it, what it's like to get hit. Yeah, that is tacit uh, proof. You were not made was, for this. No. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, like, you know, sitting there in a sling in, in high school, my sophomore year. Did you ride the bench for the rest of the year? Yeah. just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was great. I actually loved being on the bench. Yeah. Because it was just, like, I, there's... I, I was I, I just remember when I got healthy again towards the end of the year, like kind of dreading it inside because I was uh-huh. like, oh man, the coach oh, is gonna, gonna put me in. Again. Coach is gonna put me in. He's gonna put me in. I'm gonna have to get hit. And I'm gonna have to pretend that I'm like into this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But you were like really probably just like good at being like a cheerleader. And, like, oh, I was great yeah. on the bench. That's yeah. where I belonged. It's where I belonged from the beginning. Um, and I was good at like being vocal and cheering people on right. and and screaming things. That's mm-hmm. that's my talent. Um. You know, and I think that's what you do. Like, I, I, I realize, like, you know, I don't really fit in on the football field, yep. but I like being around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friends are there. 
Um, we didn't really have a strong theater program, so it was like right. I ended up doing like pep rallies for the, for people. Um, I didn't really fit into a particular group. I mm-hmm. didn't look like everyone. I was awkward. I had a lot of like acne. I had terrible acne. Sure. Um, that's also what the it's, fucking kicking the pants uh, where you're figuring everything else out and then you look like a monster. I looked horrible. I had yeah. super. I looked like a really weird young Bin Laden. I like. I just looked very strange. Sure. You know? Sure. And, uh, I grew, but to be fair, yeah. young Bin Laden was pretty kind of handsome. He was handsome. Yeah, he was a handsome you know, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, he was handsome. Yeah. But so. I had acne, so okay. it was just like right. <laughs> I had that. I was like always kind of like, you know, small. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I wasn't really like. Um, I didn't fit traditional sort of like I went to an all boys high school where athletics were valued valuable right. and it was just like I wasn't really good I was like really good at badminton yeah. but like that didn't really give me a lot of like action so I didn't have like girlfriends I didn't yeah. have all, any of those things you know what's well, so, interesting like in an all boys school because I feel like that's how like I ended up in theaters because yeah. I realized like oh I'm kind of good at this and also there's like a wellspring of like all these women here yeah. and they actually pay attention to me like <laughs> unlike any other realm yeah. of my life yeah yeah, in an all-male school, that you don't get to that. <laughs> you don't. No. We had a couple ma- uh, female teachers. Okay. Um, Were they like toast of the town? Or was it just like, eh? I mean, my so favorite removed. teacher was Sister Carol. So, I mean, oh, we had a lot of like... Sister. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we had a that lot of... that. <laughs> she was the greatest teacher. I loved her. She, like, put me in check right away. I remember that. Because, like, I was, like, unruly. I was an unruly child. I didn't know where to fit in. I didn't right. know my place. Um, and I was just constantly trying to make my friends laugh. That was right. like sort of like my thing. And um, I got detention once for like doing something stupid. And Sister Carol was like, I'm calling your mom. And I was like, oh, here we go. So she literally called my mom in that day. And I had to explain to my mom what I did. And it, the detention was because I was I took off my sock and I was sucking on my toe. Like because my friends like <laughs> dared me to do something stupid. Sure. And they're like, and I was like, what are you going to dare? And this is, you know, 14-year-old boy brain. They're like, oh, hey, hey, Pootie, I dare you to take off your socks and suck on your toes when we go into the classroom. And I'm like, okay. It sounds like they're unlocking like a weird fetish inside themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they make eye contact with me the entire time. And they tell me I'm naughty. <laughs> uh, I don't remember who I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think I definitely got some laughs. Sure. It's uh, a weird thing to see. It was... I realized like okay so that was that was kind of cool that was enjoyable to get those laughs it was the dumbest laugh probably I, I've ever gotten um, and then the you know I realized like oh yeah there's a consequence to this stuff I gotta like right. start thinking better but Sister Carol was great because she was just like you can make people laugh that's cool mm-hmm. but like you gotta keep your shoes on man like <laughs> it's just not sanitary that's just, just kind of gross yeah. and I was like you are right Sister Carol so uh, she's basically being like, "Come on, you're better than that. Don't totally. go for blue. Don't go. You she was go higher. Than she that. was like, yeah, definitely like played at the top of your intelligence. Yeah. She wasn't, and and she was so right. And I think that's what like I really needed that, and I, I loved that about her is that she wasn't just like you're an idiot. She was just like that was a that was an idiot move. Right. Uh, you can get a better laugh than that. Right. Uh, and I was like, oh, you are right. And so then like that's when I started doing pep rallies and writing things and. But like that's that was my place. I was trying to figure out who I was. Right. I was fu- I, I liked making my friends laugh. I didn't really fit in anything. I wasn't good at sports, but I always loved sports. I wished mm-hmm. I was. I could be like a Michael Jordan or anybody like that or a Jerry Rice. That's why I wanted to be on a football sure, field. Sure, sure. What's it say? You're probably fast. I was I was pretty speedy. I wasn't the fastest kid, but I was pretty athletic. Yeah. I could I could like you know. I'm decent. I have decent athletic skills. The problem is, is as soon as I get hit by anything, I go down. Yeah. <laughs> you, I really have I go to down outrun everybody. Hard. Yeah. Hard. There's not a lot of cushion. No. To you. Yeah. No. Um, and you know, so I think it was like, what? What do I do? What am I good at? You know, I was decent at school, but mm-hmm. I wasn't the greatest student. You know, so it was like, what? You know. It was kind of like always finding my place, you know, and always feeling weird. I always felt weird. I always felt different. You know? Is that a thing, you know, what we were talking about before we started, you know, recording, but yeah. the, you know, your kids are going into kindergarten. Yeah. Is that like a thing that, like the senior parents, like this was like a thing that was never talked about. Yeah. Right? But it was like, and under, you understood it in some capacity. Yeah. Is it like a thing that you have now that you're on the other side that you think about? Like, are these kids going to have the same problems albeit not like real yeah. problems but problems like finding their place yes all the time I mean I think that it's like I don't like you know my kids are still pretty young so I don't know how to communicate like random things right. to them about like you know 
you know, I'm reading Snow White to them, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, I mean, Snow White's pretty dark. You know, talking about like a huntsman, and, yeah, sure. you know, taking her to the woods and stuff. Um, it's weird. But it's, it's a weird thing to lean into, guys. It's a very, it's yeah. a very weird thing. Yeah. But I guess it's also like, okay, I, I see sort of like, you know, whatever, you know, 19th century Germany. Mm-hmm. Like they were dealing with harder things, you know, life was harder back Huntsmen then. Huntsmen would sometimes just abscond with ladies into the woods. They were <laughs> kind of dicks. That was part of life, yeah. man. That was yeah. part of life. You had to be comfortable, like, you know, being able to, to kill your own meat and stuff. So. Sure. I think a lot of it is time. Like, and same thing with like when I grew up, you know, and and going to Poland during that time, and like, you know, when I was a kid, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me, mm-hmm. so it was shocking to a lot of people. And I get the reaction; I completely understand it because I could see like this is this is rocking your world right now. This is like different. Um, um, and so, time has changed now. Now there is a little bit more. We have people that you could look at that are mm-hmm. you know that. You can, you can sort of use as a frame of reference for I could look at like you know, you know Steph Curry and be like right. oh okay I could look at um, I don't know uh, you know Barack Obama and yeah. you could see yeah. great examples of like people who are like uh, different and you could also kind of in your head put together a puzzle of like where do they come from oh right. where do their parents come from okay so there's like a Kenya there's like a Kansas thing right. there's like okay so it's like. I think that's helpful to have more sort of like references, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think that I'm trying to use that, I think, like just to kind of like be like, okay, there's other uh, people are different everywhere. There's right. all kinds of different things, you know, uh, but the biggest thing for me and I think that I hope is that it's like it's not good or bad. That's the thing that I hope that I can somehow relate to them that none of this is good or bad. It's just mm-hmm. sort of this is it. This is how it is. Life right. is this way. Um, and, you know. I just hope they could like treat people as fairly as possible, um, you know, without being distracted too much by stuff that doesn't really matter. That's yeah. I, that's what I hope. Well, I and, think that's an, an, yeah. an interesting mission statement of just like trying to uh, hit home that like it's not that all these facets of life are not binary. Yeah, they're not. It's yeah. not black and white. Yeah, in in many capacities, but it's not like. It's a world of grays. Everybody has yeah. a perspective, and their their opinions are formed, maybe for the wrong reason, yeah. but they're coming at it from a perspective like to to just to marginalize or to uh, someone as their actions being intrinsically bad or intrinsically good is yeah. like doing a disservice. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it's it's too easy too. I think yeah. it's a, it's like. I think you're cutting yourself off from learning something too. I think right. that you're it's it's stopping yourself from learning something. And I think that is something that I do want to like how I wasn't a, a great communicator. I didn't come from a great communicating um I didn't grow up like communicating a lot of my feelings. Right. I think I was used to sort of like, you know, keeping everything inside and trying to figure it out on my own or figure it out through comedy or whatever it is. That's how I would deal with things, you know. Right. Instead of like hopefully talking it out or asking questions, you know, Um, I guess, yeah, it's almost like that my therapy was working things out in in comedy, Um, you know, good or bad, instead of like trying to be like, well, you know, mom or, or Jadik or Bob, like talking to my grandparents about things. I I, I just really wouldn't do that. I would just sort of like feel like I don't want to burden anybody. And I Mm -hmm. also like, I didn't know how to, I was too scared. I was too scared. I was very fearful. And I think. Hopefully, my kids will be less fearful than I was. I think they already are. They're not scared of me at all. <laughs> Give me maybe a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, to communicate. I think, yeah. I, I think uh, like that, because it would be super helpful for, uh, I think, for them, is to talk more and also to ask questions. Um, when did that change for you? Was it just like you just got older and you were, I, I don't know. When, how, does that, how does that happen? How does that evolution happen? Because I mean, I know it's happened for me, so I guess a lot of it's just like, becoming more vulnerable or being exposed to more things? Yeah, I think like, I think, I mean, a lot of things had to happen. I didn't have, I never had a girlfriend like really, mm-hmm. like growing up. And I think that like was one area where I was like, I could have improved my communication because I would right. have been forced to sort of communicate feelings. Sure. Versus like, I went like literally went to an all boys high school. And so it was like, the whole thing was don't show any feelings yeah. ever. Uh-huh. Even if you, you know? break your collarbone, just laugh <laughs> no, through it. Just kind of laugh through it. Um, uh, grind your teeth and just kind of get ready for mm-hmm. the next play. Um, and, and overall, I think I just, that was, I never allowed myself to do that I, right. as growing up. And I think, you know, my, everyone is busy. I come from an immigrant family. So it wasn't like, um, English wasn't our primary language. So there mm-hmm. was like, 
Um, there was, I think there was all these variables in our house, you know, my family, my parents were divorced. So there was a lot of stuff there that, that would, didn't allow me, um, or at least I didn't feel like it allowed me to, to communicate, you know, appropriately. I think everyone was sort of doing their own thing in my house, um, for a long time. Uh, we were always there for each other, sort of in support. Like yeah, every Sunday we're all, all together as a family, right. very tight family. We're a very strong family. Um, but it was a lot of like unspoken, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was well, a lot of unspoken stuff. What's also interesting, you know, just you know, talking about communication more like if the way you are, there is such a strong divide between how you were communicating at home versus the rest of the world. Yeah. Because if you're speaking Polish primarily at home, right? Yeah. And then everywhere yeah. else you're not. Yeah. That's just like such a, just a definitive divide. Yeah. And it's like, I think that I find that, um, and I don't know if a lot of people who grew up in like um, bilingual households can relate to this. I imagine there's some of this, mm-hmm. but um, I, I, it impacts me every single day. Like I, I talk about it. Like uh, I just heard something on uh, somebody was saying. My wife is from uh, all English speaking mm-hmm. all the time. They love English. <laughs> huge, huge, <laughs> like English a huge English yeah. speaking family. Her parents are like were teachers for a long time. Her mom taught English. Like. My so wife they, was in. a teacher. Yeah. They love the English language. They're very good about it. You know, she, I, I go to her if I have any questions about punctuation in my mm-hmm. in my tweets. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, she loves puns. I don't really get puns. Mm-hmm. Uh, she loves like idioms and things like that. That some of those are hard for me to get. They say things like uh, "canary in the coal mine." I don't even I don't right. even know what that means. Like right. they have like sayings, and they're the, and some of that stuff. I'm like, oh, I realize like she'll like if I'll watch a show or if I'll. Uh, read something she'll laugh and I'll be like and she'll be like you do get this one and I'll be like uh, oh oh okay right, right, right. it just takes me a little while and there's a beat and I'm like a lot of that I think has to do with growing up in a Polish speaking household right. and I di- we didn't have that well, different colloquialism right? yeah, the, yeah the nuance ne- wasn't necessarily there even though I went to English school I think um, part of growing up in a Polish household in a Polish community and sort of like balancing these two languages and these two worlds um I, I think I'm like I miss some of that some of that nuance you know right. which I think is interesting now when I look at stuff because I'm like uh, I don't get a lot of jokes right <laughs> sometimes I don't get a lot of jokes and I'm like oh I, it's because of that or I get it just to like a beat too late mm-hmm. or I have to really think about it um you know and that's why I think maybe why I love physical comedy so much sure everybody <laughs> gets get it, it. everybody just, gets yeah, Jerry Lewis yeah. yeah you know um, but I also think it's interesting because I think that caused me to really love words and love language and start because I think I really had to sort of dig into it more so I don't know it's, mm. yeah well that's interesting yeah um, did you was that like this experience in Poland was that the first time that you became aware of it or would like did you after that were you like more heightened you're like okay I I see I see this more in the world now in the same way like you learn a new word and then yeah. you're like oh everybody's using that word I never yeah. knew this before and now I just see it because you're just like aware of it you're cognizant of a certain level yeah that was the 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 first time I had ever heard someone say something about me um that I didn't realize could be seen as like a negative right uh, you know and that to me was like um it was hard it's still hard and i think uh, because i'd never because i was a child you know it was very hard for me and i i didn't fully grasp it until later you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. but i just remember being a little bit like scared and a little bit confused and all that and so yeah i think it definitely like showed me that there's this there's this feeling out there there is something like that that exists. Um, you know, now I get it. I right. mean, I totally understand it and, and I see it and you could see it. it's, it's always existed. It's fear of the unknown and all that. But, um, yeah, I think when I came back, I realized like, oh, wow, there is, that's, that was just really interesting. And right. I guess one thing I, I do want to say is that like, that was, that had never happened to me before. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like even... Which is kind of great Which is 10. amazing. Yeah. By 10, that had never happened to me before. And I'm very different looking. Mm-hmm. I grew up Polish dancing. I grew up in a very uh, strange world where mm-hmm. clearly, you know, I, I am different. Uh, but I think that's a testament to my, like, family and yeah. my community is that everyone was, like, supportive and welcoming. And then they embraced us. And so I grew up in a very, like, 
you know, almost like idyllic, like, yeah. area. And south side of Chicago is this, like, beautiful little enclave, you know, of, of culture. So that was the first time, though, where I was like, oh, wow, that's that's out there. So I think it just kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Right. Um, it, it probably, you know, I didn't really talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. But I thought about it a lot. Did it make your relationship with, like, Poland more complicated? Because, like, I grew up my home. Like, everything's yeah. chill. Yeah. Everybody is supportive. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, as much as maybe I am perceived as different. Like, I don't feel that different. But when I go to this other place... Yeah. Why it is- was... I think as someone who is... Uh, you know, my dad was born in India. My mom was born in Poland. I grew up in Chicago. There's always this, this feeling of sort of displacement. I don't right. really... I think it's just part of, you know... Knowing that my mom is from another place, my dad's from another place, where is my place, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that was like a weird feeling to have that and also just be like, so I guess Chicago is my home, right. you know? Uh, but it, it wasn't like I come from, I'm third generation Chicagoan right. or I'm like, this is it, you know? Yeah. It's like, um, there, so there's always been that feeling where what where is my home, you know? So I, I don't know if it's it's... It definitely made me look at Poland a little differently, but it also makes me feel even more connected to Poland. Hmm. And it, because, like, I just remember after that wanting to, like, prove to people that I am Polish. Right. Like, you know, be like, no, I am, like, right. just like you. I Like, trust me. Like, I have to eat, like, really weird soups every mm-hmm. single day mm-hmm. at home, you know? And I like them. Yeah, and I enjoy them. Yeah. They're delicious. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> um... You know, we were basically like living on a farm in Chicago because my right. grandparents were farmers in Poland, and you know, I was eating like you know aspic and like random like weird gelatinous you know foods, and like you know we were pickling everything. Sure. Uh, so it was like, you know, I was very Polish. You know, mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm very Indian. You know, it's like, so it's it's like I'm living these multiple identities. Mm-hmm. And, but it made me. It just made me more of like drawn to Poland more too. To be like, I am this culture. What like, and I, I go back there all the time now, and I really love it. And the people are amazing to me, and that's never happened to me since. Right. You know. Um, but it definitely made me more feel more of like. I don't know where I belong, and I you know I'm still I still feel that way. I still don't know. I still am never fully comfortable with where I'm at. Right. Even currently? Even currently. Yeah. 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 And I don't know if that is like, you know, I've lived in Los Angeles now for, when did we move here? 2005. 2005. So, yeah, 12 years. 12 years, yeah. Um, And I consider it home now. You know, we have kids here and Mm -hmm. stuff. But I still don't feel 100% at home. Um, I still like, I guess my loyalties are like, you know. Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox. Sure, that's sure. my loyalty. Well, that's a sick pride. Yeah, like, I'm never going to be a Dodgers fan. Right. I'm just going to be a Pirates, yeah. no matter how bad oh, they, yeah, they have it. been. Black yeah. and yellow, you got to do it. Yeah. So it's like, but yeah, part of me is always always feels a little restless, and I yeah. I don't know how much of that is like, you know, you know, growing up in a household where everyone is from somewhere else. Right. You know? Do you feel when you go back to Chicago? Do you feel like you do you feel less restless, or is it just about just like the way? Uh, this kind of sensation was ingrained in you. It's not about specifically geographically. It's more just an emotional kind of displacement. I feel good when I'm in Chicago. Yeah. I definitely feel good. Um, I always feel like there's like a like a pride when mm-hmm. I go back home to Chicago. Um, at the same time, I feel restless. I still yeah. feel restless. I still feel like... And I always felt that way growing up. I always just remember like early thinking I wanted to move somewhere else. Um I didn't even know where. I was just like looking at maps. I was just staring at maps for a long time. So. Well, I think that's really yeah. interesting. Just like yeah. a desire to see more. Yeah. In some capacity. And I just remember that. Like, you know, I really wanted a globe when I was yeah. little. Like, I just like, really wanted a globe. And we had a globe. Yeah. I have I have a ton of globes. You do? Yeah, I have a shit ton of globes. Yeah, you do, man. Oh, um, those are amazing. But like, I really wanted that. Yeah. And I think it's like, I think that's a, the best gift that my mom and my dad gave me is that like being from somewhere else was like a gift in itself because right. it always it always gave me that idea that there is something out there you know a place to escape to you yeah. know well it's also interesting that you're like such an avid runner too yeah oh, it's I like you have like, like itchy feet and all capacity yeah I like I'm very I'm I'm, I'm not complicated yeah <laughs> it's basically I'm running I'm from just always on the move. Yeah. I never feel great uh-huh. <laughs> I'm always searching for something new um yeah, and I think that's all, I'm sure, all tied together. Right. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm a scared boy. Well, yeah, man. You, sometimes yeah. you get out there and a weekend your color, collarbone gets broken. You gotta be, <laughs> gotta be a little bit careful. Um, yeah. It's interesting because we're you know talking about uh, being able to normalize something. Yeah. Uh, and what you're talking about, I think, is like the feeling of discomfort or not feeling a sense of belonging. Like, yeah. I felt the same thing being you know surrounded by people who mostly were like all like me in like the suburbs of Pittsburgh yeah. but it's like a very universal thing even though like our experiences are kind of wildly different yeah but like what would be like I don't know from your perspective like the best advice for anybody who doesn't feel like they have a, a solid place or a solid identity um yeah I know it's I think identity is um I guess cause you had yeah. a strong sense of identity but it was just like not not feeling yeah I don't know, like, because I, I felt uncomfortable. I feel like I didn't like have a place or belong, even though uh, I looked and felt I looked like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's normal. I don't yeah. think I don't. I don't think I, I. I almost like sometimes feel like maybe we're not supposed to <laughs> feel very um, certain where uh, where we stand all the time, you mm-hmm. know. And I think especially as you're growing up. I mean, I was a like work in progress. You know, I realized like you know, there's all this brain research about your brain not develop or continue yeah. to develop until you're your mid twenties and you know, 25 maybe or something like that. And, um, how there's still potential for, you know, neuroplasticity mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. brain to keep, you know, finding new pathways. And I feel like I was mushy growing up. I right. was just like, I, I was messy. I didn't, I didn't fully understand stuff. I was, I was nervous. I was fearful. Um, a lot of that had to do with my identity. A lot of that had to do with not totally feeling like I, I fit in with groups. At the same time, I, I had a great group of friends. Right. I had a great group of friends and a great family. Uh, it's just as soon as I would leave, I'd always feel like just uncertain, but I don't know right. how I stand. And a lot of that I think I just put on myself, you know? Um, and, you know, figuring things out. I think, I think what helps over time, and it was helped me, is finding more and more people that I could talk to right. and just talking and just talking and being... It's just time and talking, like, for me, has, like, really helped. Um, um, and also just sort of, like, realizing that, like, the things that you're running away from, like, I think are your strengths. That's, right. like, the thing. I think right. those are your things. That's that's who you are. Um, and it might not make you feel comfortable. I still don't feel totally comfortable all the time. But I, I feel super grateful that this is who, what I got you know right. what I mean that I have this um, and you know and now it's like when I tell people you know when I go to Poland and I start speaking Polish people don't freak out now they right. laugh which right. is wonderful you yeah. know and I think that's the thing is like it's it's a chance to it's a chance to connect with people um, yeah so I don't know I mean I think it's like I don't know if I'll ever feel like 100% firm where right. I stand and all right. that stuff but like I, um, I I enjoy that. I kind yeah. of enjoy that uncertainty now because I feel like that is like it's cool to be able to f- sort of have like worlds I can continue to explore. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I'm talking like the universality of that is like I don't know. I think uh, I I don't think like I know anybody who like um, especially like out here that like went through puberty like just what everybody else did yeah because like everybody yeah. was like way earlier and it informed their life decisions subsequently totally. or way later and then that led them another path yeah so if you're like anybody who just like you know I developed just at the same rate as everybody else <laughs> you're like well yeah. now you're you have nothing to struggle against yeah. you like didn't feel that weird yeah even though like that's a weird hormonal thing in general yeah it's just like well you probably ended up staying where you are because there's like a certain level of stasis like I feel comfortable everywhere <laughs> everything is just fine <laughs> I know I'm like it's the same thing with like my acne now. Now I look at those pictures and I'm like, oh man, it's like so good to have like the before and after. Oof. It's like yeah, I, had, <laughs> I like, was ba- I had a physical ooh. battle on my face every day. Every day I had like foreheads up, and like my mom would like always be like, don't pop them, don't pop them, don't pop them. And I'm yeah. like, uh-huh. mom, mm-hmm. look at this. If I if I even just like put my finger towards like even Oof. like pointed towards my forehead, you know, um, you know. But I think it's like. It's like if you can get through those moments, man, I don't know. I don't yeah. <laughs> if you can get through those moments, I think it just helps sort of like me now. It just gives you more story to tell. It yeah. gives you sort of like and, – and I feel like 
like the good thing about that is just like oh man I have some pictures of me in high school with like some acne and stuff I'm like now when I see like other people with acne or stuff I'm just like ah, dude I feel you you're gonna be alright you're gonna bro. be okay man yeah. you're gonna be okay it sucks I feel you it sucks it sucks it sucks but uh, you'll have a good story to tell and you'll be able to just relate to more people that's like you'll a, be like stronger too or yeah. like ah, this this is nothing oh my bad god bad haircut Ugh. yeah yeah bad haircuts yeah I'm so scared of haircuts yeah no of course every time I go in I'm just like just like, just like a little and I, yeah. I have to have them check in with me a little yeah we're, all, we're ultimately a little vain so yeah, yeah it it's makes like, I don't want them to go and go too bold I mean think like yeah I mean, this happened actually on Community we had a joke of it because I got a bad haircut, and then that's why they called me uh, Brown Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yep, I, I went in that. over the weekend. I got a haircut, and then I came back on Monday, and they're like, "Why is your hair so short?" And I'm like, "I don't want to talk about it." <laughs> Next thing I knew, it was yeah. in the script. Yeah, no, that's that was the thing that Dan was good at. <laughs> the thing that he was good at adjusting. But now I'm stronger, everybody. Yeah, man. It's a it's a another tr- and I learned a little bit more. I learned I'm actually more. Like Jamie Lee Curtis than I thought I was. And that, isn't that a gift? That's, <laughs> isn't that a gift? Biggest gift. You, you traded places with her. Yeah, but then they started like running with it. Then like Nat from Props would start giving me activity all the time for like. Boy, I mean, yeah. <laughs> for during prop scenes, I feel like. Uh-huh. <laughs> eating bowls of yogurt. <laughs> Probing yogurts. <laughs> that's what you do, dude. Shit ton of yogurt. Tons of yogurt. Yogurt and buttered noodles, but I didn't realize the yogurt came from that, but that yep. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peek behind the curtain. Uh, well, thanks so much, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, buddy. I appreciate this. Uh, enjoy your run. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, bud. No substitute. Nothing else would do. I mean, come on. How great is that guy? He's the nicest. He's the warmest. He's gregarious. He's just fantastic. Danny Pudi, warm round of applause for that guy. Uh, sincerely, Danny, thank you so much for coming out. You, he, you don't know this, but he drove all the way from Pasadena on a Tuesday morning, like 7.30, to come sit on my couch in Mid-City. And that is not an easy journey to make through Los Angeles traffic on a Tuesday morning. Um, thank you so much, Danny. You are, again, just the best. Um, if you want to see what else is going on with Danny, check out his new show, Watch Powerless. He's a great guy. Support everything he does. Also, whenever it comes out, watch the uh, the Ducktales because that's fun. That's nostalgic. You grew up with that. You miss it. You want to see what's happening with the new new class? It's Member Berries. Get on it. Uh, also, you can check him out on Twitter. It's at Danny Pooty. And there you go. Uh, thank you so much to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes. You're a mensch, Hayden. Uh, also, thank you to uh, Julia Pot and Kingdom Flying Club for doing art music. And as always, gang, the biggest thanks goes to you. You guys. You're the real heroes here. Yeah, you. Anyways, I love you guys. Have a great week.